Coffee, the KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Down. A candid conversation with our correspondent covering this morning's hottest story. And this is the first of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Downs made possible by Dent Magic to Washington, D.C. and Linda Kenyon. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Linda. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. So, so, you know what they say about the lottery. You can't win if you don't play. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. Doesn't mean that improves your odds <laughs> that much. But. It doesn't improve your odds that much. <laughs> That's good. Uh, well, what are the odds that we're going to have a government fully functioning on Friday? Uh, you know, we go through this every single time the current, you know, current government funding runs out. And we knew that this was going to be a situation that would come up again, uh, you know, even though they gave themselves a temporary spending bill to give themselves some time to finish the work and pass the spending bill that they're currently under that expires on Friday, they are still, uh, you know, not able to get their work done on time. So there will be a lot of uh, late nights and probably a last-minute vote. And that last-minute vote, if I can peer into my crystal ball, will be one of two things. It will be to avert a government shutdown and pass a temporary spending bill, or it will be to pass another temporary spending bill so that they can just continue to kick the can down the field. Now, what's the difference between <laughs> the two? Well, one funds some of the federal... Um, there's two expiration dates. One is this Friday, one's next Friday. Uh, one funds, uh, I believe, four of the uh, uh, 12 annual appropriations departments and the other funds the remaining eight. So and there has been a lot of pressure to avert this shutdown. A lot of Republicans have been speaking out against it, but we have uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson, who is under a lot of pressure from members of his own caucus. And uh, on the, by the way, I don't know if you heard, a very big uh, truck just went by. I'm sitting outside the White House right now in Lafayette Park. It's a beautiful day. Huh. <laughs> uh, but uh, so House Speaker um, Mike Johnson is under a lot of pressure for members of his own caucus not to pass the spending bill without policy riders, which are a lot of uh, what uh, are known as poison pills. And policy riders are a lot of the conservative issues on the agenda, not the least of which is the uh, funding for uh, members of the uh, military and their families who uh, need to uh, go out of the state in which they're stationed if they need uh, reproductive care. And that is what uh, basically held the uh, Senate at abeyance for months because of Tommy Tuberville and that senator who finally relented on insisting on that. So now they want to bring that up in the House. Uh, Linda, um, uh, they're having a meeting this morning there at the White House, which presumably is why you're at the White House this morning. Uh, is yeah. there any chance they're going to be able to find a, a, an off-ramp on this uh, crisis for Mike Johnson? Yeah, I have a feeling that Mike Johnson is going to emerge from the meeting and he'll probably speak to the press. And, they'll, and he'll say, uh, you know, we're on track, we're going to be fine, nothing to worry about, return to your homes, nothing more to see here. And... <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there, there will be the real work, which will be going back to uh, Capitol Hill and trying to iron out a deal. But Mike Johnson is between a rock and a hard place. He wants to pass government funding, but he also wants to appease the most conservative members of his own caucus. And they 
are not necessarily uh, in favor of government funding until they get what they want. We have, for example, Byron Dorgan saying, I'm not going to pass any funding whatsoever until we secure the border back home. But as you may recall, there was a bill to secure the border, and the Republicans, well, they didn't even have a chance to reject it, quite frankly. Uh, the uh, House Speaker, Mike Johnson, refused to put it on the floor, even though it passed in the Senate by a wide bipartisan margin. So uh, they are uh, demanding stricter, um, more conservative uh, measures in the funding bill, and that's just not going to pass in the Senate. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, they are in a, in a situation right now where uh, neither side wants to give. And that sort of uh, paints the broad brush of what's been happening in Congress for the past several years. Well, to add to the drama on this, uh, the Senate bill uh, is passed and complete. That one, if it's approved by the House, would simply go to the president and be signed and uh, crisis averted. But if the House wants to make any modifications on the Senate bill, then it's a conference committee and it's a whole other ballgame. Which is more delays, which means a government shutdown. Unless, of course, which is one of the two scenarios I proffered, one would be uh, they pass another short-term spending bill, uh, maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Uh, well, they iron out those differences, but it's very hard to see how they can iron out differences when they've had months to do things and they haven't ironed out their differences. Okay, now as far as uh, changing, you know, I, I realize that the fly is in the ointment, so to speak. Mike Johnson, uh, if uh, it, it isn't just the Freedom Caucus that could uh, uh, have him removed... It would be any member of his own party that could yeah, petition it could even, that? They can, they can offer a motion to vacate. Now, oh. you know, that's what happened to uh, Kevin McCarthy, who was ousted from his job. Okay, and the, so, the reason I ask that is I know that there are members of his party that are pretty upset about the lack of support for Ukraine. And... Uh, yes. Uh, have vocalized that, and I wondered what would happen if one of them brought it up. Of course, then you have the delay while a new speaker is being uh, picked, and so it's kind of a conundrum. Well, then you you put the uh, the House into chaos again, and when the House has no leadership, the House cannot function without a House speaker. And that means if the House can't function, then the Senate can't function, because both houses of Congress have to pass everything in order for it to uh, go to the president's desk to be signed to become law. Hmm. So uh, I'm not sure that anybody wants to start that scenario again, but, you know, there's been a lot of surprises in this current session of Congress. And uh, I think we're on our fourth, if i counting correctly, might be our fourth uh, flirting with uh, government shutdowns. I think you're right. Yeah, I'd have to think more about that. But I will tell you this. <laughs> Everybody I've talked to out in the world here thinks that uh, it's high time that we stop having these threats of government shutdowns. They don't like it. They don't like uh, any of this. And I'm just wondering when Congress is going to realize that the people who elected them are sick and tired of government <laughs> shutdown threats. Well, they'll realize that when the people who elected them don't reelect them. Yeah. And that doesn't happen until November. <laughs> okay. Well, now... I'm amazed that there are actually some members of the Republican Party that have not endorsed Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, it's like 
well, huge number of members of the Republican Party. Uh, and then following the South Carolina primary, we had uh, the number two Senate Republican, Senator John Thune of South Dakota, who uh, endorsed Donald Trump. Now, he has been um, a quiet critic of Donald Trump and has not really uh, countenanced a lot of his policies, but uh, he did so after the South Carolina primary. And the major holdout right now is the top Republican in the U.S. Senate, Senator Mitch McConnell. Really? And he and uh, Donald Trump uh, have no love lost between them. He has been uh, very critical of a lot of uh, Donald Trump's policies. And as you may recall, his wife uh, served in the cabinet and uh, Elaine Chao and he and Donald Trump. Uh, was very, uh, you know, as, as he has, has a tendency to do, he was very critical of Elaine Chao and uh, did attack her verbally on uh, several occasions, and uh, she resigned from his cabinet. And uh, so for uh, Mitch McConnell to then turn around and endorse Donald Trump is a really difficult choice for him. Um, and uh, not only because of the personal, but the professional. The professional being that he does not, agree with a lot of uh, Donald Trump's uh, policies and behaviors. But to have the top Senate Republican not endorse Donald Trump is going to be a very big deal. And in the end, McConnell is a politician. He's a policy and he's a policy man. He wants Republicans uh, to win the White House. And so he may have to, you know, to put it bluntly, hold his nose and and offer the endorsement. I, I, but you know, he carried so much water for Donald Trump when he was president, and he carried mm-hmm. water for Donald Trump in the uh, by postponing the second uh, impeachment until he was out of office. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the question is, is he going to do it again? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you know, he did it for the party uh, more than he did it for... They- Donald Trump, and the, he's one of the uh, GOP that uh, was talking about Ukraine and the need to support NATO and, and those things yesterday. And, very much. Uh, yeah. And he's also been very outspoken against a government shutdown, saying that uh, polls and history have shown that government shutdowns do not do, uh, uh, are not uh, good for the Republicans and uh, that the American people will blame the Republicans. The Republicans are in charge of the House, so they will be uh, blamed. And he says there is no, um, there's nothing to be uh, gained by this, or one of his favorite sayings is, there's nothing to be learned through the second kick of the mule or something along the <laughs> <laughs> Little homespun Kentucky humor. I've got to remember that one. That's great. <laughs> Straight from hee haw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Linda, uh, just uh, off the top of your head, have you heard any rumors about uh, uh, my, what um, our Congressman Matt Rosendale may be planning? Is he going to come back for uh, another term in Congress? Does, is there something else out there that might be tempting him in the administration? You know, it might be a little bit late for him to launch a whole new reelection campaign, but I don't really think he wants to leave. Uh, I think he really wanted to be a senator, but now that he's not uh, not going to do that uh, because Donald Trump did not endorse him and for other reasons as well, 
you know, I, I, I don't see Matt Rosendale going away. But again, you know, as I love to say, <laughs> my crystal ball is out for the dry cleaners, right? <laughs> well, he certainly has his connections in Washington, D.C. And I would yeah. imagine he'll land somewhere if he decides not to uh, not to go back and represent Montana in Congress. We have uh, eight people now, eight Republicans that want that job. We also have two Democrats that want that job, and that's in the eastern part of Montana. So, uh, you know, uh, Matt's going to have some competition in the primary. Yeah, he definitely will. And, um, you know, Montana has been becoming, um, you know, has been a, a big deal in Congress because Senator John Tester is very popular in Washington, and uh, he has uh, a lot of seniority, a lot of experience, and a lot of clout. And uh, to knock him out would be uh, a major setback for the Democrats and also for seniority in terms of uh, what you can get done in the Senate if you take it, take him out and put in a, a freshman. It takes a while before a freshman has uh, the opportunities to gain any clout and to... Uh, really do anything legislatively. Oh. Well, one thing for sure, we'll talk with uh, Senator John Tester tomorrow morning on the KGEZ Good Morning Show, so maybe we'll know a little bit more about him by then. Yeah, let me know. All right. <laughs> Linda, it sounds like you're starting to get busy there, so thank you for drilling down for us this morning. Well, thank you. You have a good day. You too. Have you have a lot to think about when you're driving. Icy roads, the kids in the back, other drivers, reindeer, Hello, this is Ryan from Dent Magic. What you don't have to think about is where to take your car if you've been in an accident. At Dent Magic, we take pride in every vehicle we fix. From hail damage to deer damage, we use our expertise in multiple techniques to deliver the least invasive and best repairs possible. Dents, dings, and larger things. Dent Magic, your first stop before the body shop. Visit us on Highway 2 in Evergreen, just north of Flatted Electric, or online anytime at dentmagic.com. The KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Down. Covering the biggest stories and bringing them home to Northwest Montana. Well, that's the first of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Down. This one, a service of Dent Magic for dents, dings, and things you do not have to settle for the traditional replacement. And you don't have to drive around with your car being dented in. For crying out loud, take it to Dent Magic. Uh, they can probably fix it with the parts and the paint already on your vehicle. You got to learn about this magic. See the guys at Dent Magic, north, north of Platted Electric Co-op, Highway 2 in Evergreen.